0: Hi, my name's Nina Cheswar. I'm a blind holistic therapist based in Manchester in the UK. I've been visually impaired since I was two years of age and I had an accident 13 years ago, which resulted in me losing my right eye. I then went on to have a separate non-related accident where I lost the retina out of the left eye four years ago. This resulted in me losing all of my sight. I have a little bit of light perception, but not enough really to um, function with sight. When I lost the sight, I developed a condition called Charles Bonnet syndrome. This causes visual silent hallucinations, and I didn't really know much about it, or I didn't know anything about it when I developed the condition it was right at the very start of me losing my sight and it started off with me just seeing colours it was red and green kind of colourful clouds like and I I thought they saved some of my sight and um, so I asked the doctor in the hospital I informed my mom and husband and they just They got excited and the doctor came and he said, I can reassure you, we haven't saved any of your sight. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. Obviously, this was a little bit of a shock and I didn't really say much about it then for a further five weeks. In that time, these colours developed into different and more colours, shapes, patterns, The patterns then started to form faces and these faces began to become more sinister as time went on. I was seeing zombie faces with no eyes in the socket, blood dripping down the cheek, snarling, gargoyle and kind of devil type dogs. And I would be sat there with these images floating in front of me. I had no idea what was happening. I was too afraid to tell anybody around me, my family, because of the thought that they would think I was having a nervous breakdown because of the result of my sight loss. So I kept it to myself for five weeks or around that time until I couldn't handle it anymore. Because this is when I confided in my family. They were a little bit shocked and taken aback. I think mainly because I'd kept it to myself for so long as well. So we decided to do lots of research on the internet. We didn't really find much at all. It was quite shocking. Everything kept coming up um, around mental health and schizophrenia. And, and then that's when I found an article from Judith Potts and her website. So. We had a look at that and I emailed her. Um, straight away, she got back to me explaining, um, well, thanking me firstly for sharing my experience and then explaining what she thinks I may have. And that was Charles Bonnet syndrome. At the time, she had a patient support day on in York and she invited me along to meet herself and Professor Dominic Fit so that I could get a better insight into the condition and an explanation of what it was and what was happening. So when I went down to York and I met everybody, everyone was so lovely and friendly. I got a lot of information. The condition was explained, the science behind it. And I just had such a huge sense of relief to know that I wasn't going mad. It wasn't my brain. Well, it was my brain, but it was doing what it was supposed to be doing. There wasn't anything wrong. And speaking with other people who had the condition was such a big thing for me too, because knowing that I wasn't alone really helped and supported me. And I would like to introduce Judith Potts, who's here with us now. I would like to say
1: (laughs) my saviour. Well, Nina, um, thank you very much for that. Um, Yes, I'm Judith Potts, and I'm the founder of Esme's Umbrella. And I have to say that when I met Nina in York, she was only the second young person that I had met who had clearly developed Charles Bonnet syndrome. You may be wondering who Charles Bonnet was. He was um, a Swiss naturalist, Uh, trained as a lawyer and philosopher. And he watched his grandfather, whose name was Charles Lulin, uh, develop cataracts, have them removed, which in in the 18th century must have been pretty horrific, Uh, and then developed Charles Bonnet syndrome. And he knew that his grandfather was of of sound mind. And um, the hallucinations that were being reported were clearly something to do with sight, but he didn't know what. And he documented all of that and really nothing happened after that until Professor Fitch in the 1990s uh, picked it up and ran with it. I first heard about this condition because of my mum. My mum, whose name was Esme, was in her early nineties and she lived a very independent life. I had not realized how much of her sight had been taken by glaucoma. And she was absolutely fine though. She was very good at compensating for her loss of sight. She completed the telegraph cryptic crossword correctly every single day and seemed to be managing quite well until one day, I was just leaving her flat. And she said, I do wish these people would get off my sofa. Well, I thought, oh, dear, she's in her 90s. This is clearly dementia. But while I was trying to think of something to say, she said, and there's a There's a a child who wanders around in Edwardian costume and a hideous gargoyle-like creature that jumps from table to chair. And sometimes the whole place morphs into an alien country. Well, as you can imagine, I had no idea what on earth could be wrong with her, but she did seem to be all right. And I thought, well, this cryptic crossword, she can't possibly have dementia. Anyway, I left her and went home. And with the most enormous piece of luck, that very day, I read a tiny paragraph in a newspaper, um, the health pages of a newspaper about a condition which happened when someone has lost over 60% of sight. And it was called Charles Bonnet syndrome. And I thought, oh, that's great. So I rang me and I said, don't worry, I know exactly what this is. It's Charles Bonnet syndrome. It's um, absolutely fine. I will ring your ophthalmologist, and all will be fine. But sadly, that was not to be because this was in probably two thousand and nine, and the ophthalmologist refuses to. to ref, the ophthalmologist refused to discuss Charles Bonnet syndrome. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. Her GP had never heard of it, and said, no, 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 it's the beginnings of dementia. Her optometrist uh, had never heard of it either. So I went onto the internet and did a bit of research, and like Nina, there was nothing there. Um, But I did find Professor Dominic Fitch's name. And at that time, I was writing a health column for The Telegraph. Uh, which was actually about uh, breast cancer, which is something that I'd had and all sorts of other types of cancer. But I thought, you know, I think I'm gonna write about this. So I went to see Professor Fitch and he explained to me exactly what Charles Bonnet syndrome is. And it happens because when someone has full sight, There are messages which run all the time from the retina in the eye to the visual cortex in the brain. So the eye acts like a camera and the brain interprets what you're seeing. When sight diminishes or is lost entirely, those messages slow down or stop. But the brain is then left with nothing to interpret and fires up to create its own images. And they can be anything. Nina, you were describing what you see. And I hear from all sorts of people who see similar things to you. But frankly, there is no particular image that people see. They can see absolutely anything at all. Mm -hmm. Professor Fitch, I remember distinctly stressed, this is not a mental health condition. It's due entirely to loss of sight. And it is very common. And we think now there are probably a million, if not more people in the UK who live in a world of uninvited visual hallucinations. It's it's important to remember that the visual hallucinations are very vivid and clear as, as you were saying, Nina but they're also silent. So if any other sense is involved, then that's something completely different. It's not Charles Bonney syndrome. So I listened to everything that uh, Dominic had told me and I went away and I wrote my first column and I was completely inundated with emails from people who were so relieved to discover that it wasn't a mental health condition who wanted more information or who just wanted to tell me their stories and the years went by um, Esme I'm afraid found it almost impossible to deal with and um, it lasted for the rest of her life and after she died I thought you know really I have to do something and then I received because i kept on writing about it and then i received an email from a professor at a university in new york who told me what had happened to her mother who had started to hallucinate the doctor had clearly never heard of charles Bonnet syndrome and her mother was put into a dementia unit where nobody else had heard of charles Bonnet syndrome the lady was seeing worms and slugs on her food and in her drink and because there was no one to reassure her that they weren't there she stopped eating and drinking with very tragic consequences and that kind of did it for me i thought this is just appalling so in 2015 at the house of commons i launched esme's umbrella in memory of my mother with with three aims to raise awareness of CBS uh, to create ways to support people who develop the condition and their families too, because it's hard on them as well, and to source funding for research. And in the seven years, we've done a fair amount, I think, to achieve that. Awareness has definitely been raised Uh, I know people are now talking about the condition doctors are, but the ophthalmologists and optometrists are a little more prepared to discuss it. And we have some research happening as well, which is good. But the one thing that is very important, I think, is how you cope with uh, CBS. And there is medication, but it's It's for conditions like epilepsy and dementia and um, really should only be used if your CBS is completely intolerable. But I know that um, a lot of people find the coping strategies useful and Nina is coming to the festival uh, to show at least one Of the coping strategies. It's relaxation, mindfulness, breathing techniques, letting the mind breathe sounds a perfect description. Tell us more. Thanks,
0: Judith. Yes, I think on my journey through dealing and living with Charles Bonnet syndrome, it's been four years now. And for me, the hallucinations have not left. Um, They've remained with me from that day in the hospital and they're there all day, every day, from when I wake to when I finally get to sleep. So I've spent the last four years trying to work out what works for me um, in order to help me live with these hallucinations every day. Because they're there when I'm cooking, they're there when I'm working, they're there when I take my son to school, they're there when I'm trying to get to sleep, when I wake in the middle of the night. So finding a way to cope with these and not let them take control of my life has been one of my main focuses. As I said earlier, I'm a holistic therapist and after I lost my sight, I retrained as a manual um, massage therapist and spa meditation and providing spa meditation treatments, which includes breathing technique. These therapies have really helped support me and Not only with my Charles Bonnet syndrome, but also with my mental health and my day-to-day living with sight
1: loss. Because Nina, it's not, is it? It's Although it's not a mental health condition, having to deal with, even for people who don't have it um, as constantly as you do, having to deal with seeing some of the images that people experience does have an impact on people's mental health without any doubt
0: yes i've i also run esme's friends groups which was a network set up by judith and their support groups which are run nationwide throughout the uk and we have some in america and canada now starting i believe and through my experience with chatting with other people, the things that people are seeing can really cause quite a lot of distress and can cause anxiety on going out and about. And, you know, they're worried about what hallucination may appear in front of them. Will that stop them um, from going out? people can be really quite um, worried about it. And then that, that can stop them living their lives. Absolutely.
1: And I think also we, we have a, a researcher at Manchester University who's looking at ways to help prevent people with CBS from falling over. And this is one of the terrible things that happens when they go out, because if you have a little site and you're walking along a street, It's hard to know whether the car on the pavement in front of you is really there or not, the hole in the ground, the steps going down, whatever it might be. And if someone is walking across a road and suddenly a tiger appears in front of them, even if they know full well that they have Charles Bonnet syndrome and this is not a real tiger, they instinctively react. And very often this causes a fall, which leads to a visit to a GP or um, uh, an accident, and emergency department where you find doctors who won't listen, even if you say I have Charles Bonnet syndrome, it was an hallucination, Um, they will send you down the psych route, which is an incredible waste of NHS resources um, and also very distressing for the person involved. And that's, as Nini was saying, that's why people don't go out because how do they deal with it when they're out and about?
0: Yeah, it definitely can cause problems. But one of the things that I've come across um, in the last four years is breath and how we use our breath to help control our nervous systems and resulting in calming ourselves down and coming out of that fight 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 flight freeze reaction
1: yeah Um,
0: because like you said judith if if something appears in front of you in the street and you're already having to deal with the limited sight that you may have or no sight at all and trying to navigate a world um through that lens and then you have to deal with a zombie appearing or a tiger or something popping up or moving in front of you knowing what to do instinctively in that um situation you know our bodies do we want to be kept safe that is what we're designed to do we we want to keep ourselves safe. So we do go into that fight, flight, freeze reaction. But then from there, it's, it's knowing where to go from that point. So being able to say, okay, I know what this is. This is Charles Bonnet syndrome. This is not real. This is just my mind. It's doing its job. What do I do now? Being able then to take a deep breath because breath, when we take a deep breath in diaphragm, breathing this helps calm the parasympathetic nervous system which then helps us to focus the the mind more we get more clarity with thought so the two of them things working together
1: can help us move through that situation safer we none of us breathe properly actually we all take much too shallow a breath anyway, don't we? So if we could all learn to breathe deeply, we would all be a lot calmer, I suspect. But talking about the research, uh, we have um, a fair amount of research, but what we really need is a center dedicated to Charles Bonnet syndrome, because the number of people who have the condition will, will rise inevitably as the number of people with sight loss rises. And if we don't take a hold on it now and educate all the medical profession, all the health care givers, it's um it's going to spiral completely out of control. We all only have Professor Dominic Fitch uh, in the whole world. He is the only person that runs a CBS clinic anywhere in the world, which is Quite extraordinary considering the number of people. If there are a million people in this country, this tiny country, just imagine how many there must be around the world. But no other country is showing the interest in research that um, I have managed to inspire here. Um, I failed dismally to inspire it in America, but I have at least inspired it here and. Um, We know that Oxford University, the neurological center at Oxford University are doing a really important piece of research to see what happens to the brain before, during and after a CBS hallucination. Um, There's some research happening at Cardiff where they're looking at peripheral vision to see if uh, it's more suggestible or if um, images are held there. We know that children, um, in the same way as adults, will develop CBS, and Professor Maria Musaji is doing a piece of research with um, Dr. Lee Jones. She is a consultant ophthalmologist, and, and Lee is a consultant psychologist, and they are looking at what happens to the children who develop CBS, how it affects them and and, and how it affects their families too. Um, So that is hugely important and we also know, and that has been proved by that same couple um, of researchers that isolation and stress as well as fever make it worse. So what Nina um, is doing and what I, try to do and we're hoping that we can get a proper piece of research going is to reduce the stress because it's stressful having the condition anyway and it's like a vicious circle it just kind of gets worse and worse but I suppose the most fascinating piece of research for me anyway is being done by the medical detection dogs These are dogs I'm sure you've all heard of who sniff cancer. They can sniff cancer. They are alert dogs for conditions like um, epilepsy, uh, diabetes, Addison's disease, some, some condition where medication is needed at certain times when the body requires it and the dog will detect when the medication is needed, run off, get the medication, bring it back, and disaster is averted. And we discovered that a guide dog has been warning her owner, who lives with Charles Bonnet syndrome, before his hallucination appears. She puts her head on his lap and she stays there until it's gone. And she knows exactly when it has gone. So I asked uh, the medical detection dogs if they would do a piece of research, which they are doing, so we're hoping that we'll be able to discover when the odour of the owner's skin changes, because it is considered that there is, like in epilepsy, a, a chemical being introduced into the brain before the cbs episode begins and that changes the odor of the skin which is what the dog is is detecting there is the beginning of of an interest in medical research but i am really grateful to nina because she's doing as much research using complementary therapies which is incredibly difficult to to do to get um, ethically approved and all of that, but we're we're making a start, and I am hugely grateful to her for that. And I think we've got all sorts of ideas for the future. And I am very passionate about making sure that everybody who develops the condition knows about it before it develops. Um, forewarned is forearmed, and I just don't want to see in the future people having to cope with what my mum what Esme had to cope with
0: yeah you you inspired me as well Judith to to focus more on that area of support for people that first trip to that York patient support day where I heard other people's stories as much as it was for me recognizing that oh wow yeah they their experience what I am that that I'm not the only one who has that sparkly stars that appear and float away you know I also thought well there must be something here
1: that we can do to help support them people as well it's Um, that reassurance isn't it Nina the reassurance that they're not losing their mind there is life. There is life with CBS. It's just a question of how each person individually works out how to cope with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's part of what the CAM Wellbeing Programme is that I designed and that Esme's Umbrella is funding. This is to support people living with the condition and, and introduce them to different alternative therapies that may help them manage those hallucinations and those situations that they may find themselves in. So part of the program is breath, meditation, we have an introduction to massage, yoga, sleep and rest, different areas that can be focused on to help people make the most out of their life with Charles Bonnet syndrome and hopefully inspire them to to move forward with the condition as well. I'm hosting the Letting the Mind Breathe workshop at the Bloomsbury Arts Festival on Saturday the 22nd at 12 noon. If you're interested in coming along and learning a little bit more about the breath and how this can help in stressful situations. You can book at
1: www.bloomsburyfestival.org.uk. If you would like more information or to contact me, please look at syndrome, which is Charles Bonnet. So it's Charles and then Bonnet, B-O-N-N-E-T, syndrome, Dot UK, www.charlesbonnetsyndrome.uk.